You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, training camp still underway for your New Orleans Pelicans leading up to their open practice on Saturday, and then the first preseason game against Atlanta on the road on Monday. We are close to real, actual, somewhat meaningful basketball coming right around the corner. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the rookies, talking about the roles that they may play and how we should kind of look to them to start the year, to maybe finish the year as well. Then we're going to look at one of the more intriguing kind of battles, maybe, on the roster, but a role that needs to be filled in the backcourt despite having both Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball there. Then we're going to wrap up with Zion Williamson expectations. It's going to tie in a little bit to the first segment, but I think it's kind of important to kind of really look at all that he's accomplished by himself already despite the fact that the Pelicans are kind of downplaying the impact that he's going to have. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Quickly, before we get to that, though, I mentioned the open practice in the intro here. I've been mentioning it all week, and then I mentioned it yesterday on Twitter, and now I'm going to say it here because I'm quite excited about this, and it should be a lot of fun. For the open practice on Saturday, if you're going to be there, that's awesome. Probably get there early because I think there's going to be a whole bunch of people showing up to see our first look at Zion Williamson, the rest of the rookies, and this year's squad. But it's also going to be broadcast online through the Pelicans website, their app, through Twitter, through Instagram, um, Twitch as well. Basically, everywhere it is going to be blasted out. And I'm going to be doing the commentary for that alongside Caroline Gonzalez of the Pelicans and Pelicans.com as well. So she and I are kind of the broadcast team for it. And I am really excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So kind of calling the open practice, looking at the team, giving you insight and analysis on what we see going on the court, talking about the players and the impact that they can have this coming year. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're unable to make it to the open practice, stream it starting at 6 p.m. You'll hear my voice on there. And if you're in the arena, get it on the app on your phone so you can get some commentary while you're watching it as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you there on Saturday or at least have you tuning in wherever you are. All right, the rookies, the the roles of the rookies going into this season. We're not going to talk much about Zion in this segment. We know what he's going to be doing. He's starting. Despite the team, and we'll talk more about this in the third segment, saying that he's not the focal point, he's not the savior, he's not coming in with capes, and that it's still Drew Holiday's team. He's still the focal point of this team. He's the guy they're going to try and build lineups around that they're going to experiment a lot with. And we talked about this on the podcast yesterday that, you know, he'll play the three. He'll play mainly the four, but they'll also play him at the five just to kind of figure out what works around him. And you're going to see some weird lineups at times, lineups that aren't good for an extended period of time. And you're going to wonder why the hell they're still playing it. And they're doing that because... Well, they're trying to figure out what works because he's the franchise guy and the future of the team. Even if Drew Holiday's also the future of the team or part of the future, 
it's Zion. That's who you build around. And so you'll see him kind of still be the focal point with everything. You know, he's going to be starting games. I don't know if he'll necessarily, he'll probably be closing games too, unless he's having a particularly bad game. And then maybe they bench him to bring in someone that's a little bit more effective, but we know what he's going to be doing. The expectations aren't super high because he's probably going to struggle a good bit too. AD didn't even average 14 points per game his rookie year. And he was probably, arguably, a better prospect coming into the NBA than Zion was. More hype around Zion, but I think AD might have been a better or more pro-ready prospect. Maybe not long-term, but in their rookie years. So we kind of know what Zion's role is going to be, and it just kind of is what it is. But what about the other guys? What about Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Well, those are good questions, and let's start with Alexander-Walker. I think David Griffin wanted to maybe redshirt both of these guys. He certainly said as much about Jackson Hayes, but likely wanted that to be the case for Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. But then he really stood out in Summer League. The passing was really there. The scoring was pretty good. The shooting was all right. Overall, he looked very good in Summer League, which he should. He's a first-round pick going against guys who aren't going to be in the NBA this year. And we've said Summer League doesn't mean too much, but apparently... His drive and the attitude he's taken in the offseason going into training camp has been he's going to earn minutes and he sees there's minutes potentially to be had, which we'll talk about in the next segment, and he wants them and he is going after them and he's playing like those belong to him in practices in the workouts that they've been doing and it's kind of I I don't want to say turning heads in practice with the coaches but they've noticed and it might mean they need to find a role for him sometime this year with Jackson Hayes it was more about redshirting him but then you come in and just see what he does and the energy he brings and plays with and maybe you need to find some minutes for him too when originally you weren't planning on it whatsoever. The way David Griffin described him, he didn't use this term or phrase, which I'm about to use, but it sounded kind of Czech Diallo-esque. Diallo wasn't very good as an NBA player, but he brought a lot of energy to the team. He brought a lot of energy out on the court when he was in there doing his very springy things, which Jackson Hayes can probably do. He can run exceptionally well. He can jump exceptionally high. He even showed off a bit of a three-point shot in Summer League. And he said he's been working on his jump shot. And if you have kind of a stretch where you just need some energy on the court, you might see him getting minutes in that kind of role, that spark plug off the bench that gets the rest of the team fired up a little bit. And I think that could be his role this year just by the way that David Griffin was describing him. But of the two, it's certainly going to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker who has a chance at a more significant role, more significant minutes because going into the next segment here, there are some minutes at point guard to be had and it's maybe still up in the air of who those minutes are going to go to. So let's look at that coming right up. So before we talk about that positional battle, don't forget, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast Monday through Friday here for you, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. It is going to be a fun 
year, you're going to care more than you probably ever have before. Don't even lie and tell me that's not true. You want to know everything that's going on, get all the insight you can. You can get it here Monday through Friday, only daily podcasts come to you guys like this. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for y'all. And if you want to tell a friend, that'd be pretty cool too. But mainly subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So positional battle that's rather important during training camp is not just who fills out around Zion Williamson, but this is a team that's also trying to win games, so you need to fill a couple of roles that maybe, maybe, and I'm not really sure it is, are up for grabs, and we kind of hinted at it with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and that's kind of, sort of, but not quite really, the backup point guard spot. We know Drew Holiday likes playing the two-guard off the ball, and that's the most important thing for him. He said that. He's been very vocal about that for the past couple of seasons now. And you have Lonzo Ball, who naturally slots in at the one. Not great in terms of shooting, though. It's looked better the past two get two days. Let's not lie, but also not read too much into it. But also, a guy who's probably better at distributing, who makes the right passes in transition, who should kind of thrive in that role. And it gives you a lockdown backcourt between him and Drew Holiday. But after that, then who? Certainly, Drew Holiday might be the point guard in the closing lineups. He'll get minutes at the point guard spot at other times as well, maybe when Lonzo goes to the bench. But there's 48 minutes for the point guard position in a game. Lonzo, I don't know if he's necessarily playing more than 30 minutes per game to start. His rookie year, he averaged 34.2 minutes per game last year, 30.3 Maybe we can split the difference and basically call it 32 minutes per game for him all at that point guard spot. Well, then you still have another 14 minutes, sorry, 16 minutes that you need to fill. If Drew Holiday's playing 36 minutes, I don't think 16 of them is going to be at the point guard spot when only giving him 20 off the ball. That's basically a 50-50 split. Doesn't really seem like that's the best use for him. So who fills that role for the Pelicans this year? And it sounds like Nikhil Alexander-Walker is coming in to try and win that spot for himself. He feels like he deserves those minutes. He wants to earn those minutes. And those are his minutes to go out and grab. Could be true. Maybe not. The other guy that could fill those, though, is Frank Jackson, who, after his rookie year last year, is looking to take a big step forward in what's his third year in the league after sitting out all of his original first year uh, with an injury all season and more or less getting a red shirt. He played well in that first, uh, you know, shortened game due to earthquake in summer league, scoring 30 points and basically three quarters worth of action. And when you watch that, you go, yeah, that's kind of what we expected for him. He should have dominated like that. Again, he's better than those other guys at summer league, particularly with who were on that Knicks roster and who they were playing at that point. And he's a scorer. I think that's kind of the best use for him. We He definitely has the tools to work off ball. That dude has some freak athleticism and is lightning fast too. But he can be kind of maybe a go-to scorer if you need to. Maybe with the second unit and getting some spot minutes maybe around Zion Williamson and some of the other guys too. Depending on how things go and how they're trying to kind of mess with the lineups and the rotations and all of that. So overall, I think it's his job to lose. Clearly the Pelicans are very, very high on him. Ferrari 
Frank. You've heard Alvin Gentry speak very highly of him. David Griffin has as well. And I think that's the guy they're hoping really wins some of those backup point guard minutes. But he definitely needs to improve his uh, distribution and his passing. This is a guy who last year averaged just 1.1 assists per game and just under 20 minutes worth of action. If you put it out per 36 minutes, it comes to just 2.1 assists. Number needs to go up if you want to really be leading the team and kind of the focal point of the attack on offense. I will say his three-point shot looked very, very good in summer league, and that might get him an edge when you need more spacing on this team, and they have J.J. Redick, and that's your main threat. Maybe each one more depends. Again, he's been a consistently good three-point shooter, but the volume isn't there. It doesn't really scare you necessarily from deep. But you know what? Maybe it is Frank Jackson who put up that kind of impressive scoring game. He then hurt, I think it was his thigh or his knee kind of hit, and they held him out the rest of the time because, frankly, they had seen all they needed to from him. That's how much belief they had in him. If it was uncertain if he was going to be on this roster or if they didn't have a role for him, he would have been needing to prove it out there in Summer League, and he didn't. And I think that says a lot about how they plan on using him this year, and I think the backup point guard role is likely going to be his. Now, does that change throughout the season? Certainly could. If the Pelicans fall out of contention, there's likely to be a big youth movement with a lot of these younger guys getting significant minutes later in the year, maybe after the All-Star break. And that's when maybe you'll see Jackson Hayes really take an increased role, Nikhil Alexander-Walker taking an increased role as well. I don't know. Hopefully they're in playoff contention. We don't even need to worry about that. But Alvin Gentry very clearly has some job security here. He can play some of these younger guys and let them kind of make their mistakes and figure their way out uh, without having to worry, am I going to get fired because I'm doing this? I think that goes a very long way towards letting some of the young guys get out there and play, which is probably what's going to happen. Alexander Walker looked good distributing the ball in Summer League. Passes from both his left and right hand, that ambidextrousness, I don't even know if that's a word, was very impressive. Making the right reads, this could come down to defense. Frank Jackson's been in the league longer, that's going to give him an edge there, but Alexander Walker didn't look bad in summer league on that side of the ball. But again, he shouldn't look bad. You know, anyone that the Pelicans were really giving significant minutes to that are going to be on the roster going into the year shouldn't have looked bad in Summer League. So I don't know if we should read too much into that yet. But this is a positional battle that's definitely worth keeping an eye on as training camp and preseason progress. So we'll continue with the rookie theme here in just a minute, looking at the expectations from the team, the city, around the NBA as a whole for Zion Williamson in a moment here. But today's edition of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked on at checkout. So there's more hype around this Pelican season than there probably ever has been before. And I've talked a lot about this on the radio and TV here locally this offseason. I've been all over the country. And this isn't, I mean this in all modesty. Like I did an interview spot in like Seattle and other places that you would never think would want to talk to me about Pelicans basketball. But the hype is real around this team. And it's insanely high here in New Orleans. Remember draft day and the party that the Pelicans had down in Fulton Alley just exceeded their expectations for what they thought 
you know, was the amount of people that were going to show up to watch them draft Zion Williamson when everyone knew that Zion Williamson was going to be drafted. It was no real surprise there whatsoever. And they, people still showed up for that. It was a foregone conclusion. Now, there were some other things that maybe factored into it, but people were really freaking excited. The Pelicans are at 12,000 combined total season tickets this year, more than they've had in 10 years. That's a lot. And these fans were not buying season tickets because of David Griffin. Some probably were. They understand the kind of building that's going on here in the, with this franchise and the long-term success that they could have. But certainly this is not, you know, they're, they're not necessarily buying tickets for Drew Holiday either. It's Zion. That's why people are buying season tickets. Get in now. Get in at the ground floor. And that's exactly what you want. And that's how you build a fan base. People feel like they're getting in on the ground floor of something new. They get really excited about it. It's something they can really kind of get involved with emotionally for a very long time. That means there is legitimate, real hype around Zion, but also very real expectations. Now, the Pelicans are trying to downplay it. You heard it at Media Day. You've heard it all offseason. David Griffin saying this is true Holiday's team, that Zion Williamson isn't here to save basketball in New Orleans. Alvin Gentry echoes the same thing. He's not a superhero coming in with a cape to save this franchise. And both of them are 100% correct. The future of this franchise, good or bad, is not necessarily only going to hinge on Zion Williamson. It's going to hinge on a whole lot of other things, particularly the leadership at the top and if they make the right decisions. David Griffin would probably agree. But here's the thing. There are other expectations that can be put on this guy, and the city of New Orleans has. That many season tickets sold for Zion, like 95% of it. That's some big expectations, and they're going to expect to see some big things from him. And I wonder if that will eventually maybe permeate into the Pelicans franchise, front office, coaching staff, whatever, if they go through a rough patch this year, which very realistically could happen. You know, there's going to be games where Zion struggles. There's going to be maybe a losing streak somewhere in there, too, and they might miss the playoffs. And a lot of those people who bought tickets to see Zion Williamson and to see what he was going to do with this team are going to be disappointed and might not renew because they feel let down. We've been here before, you guys. You know this. This is a team that every year they make the playoffs basically falls flat the next year, and it's a bit of a disaster. So all of these people who get caught up in the hype then are let down and don't really come back, and it takes the team a while to kind of recover them as fans, probably until now with Zion. You'll probably have some of that. So, yeah, there is outside pressure on Zion Williamson, outside expectations for Zion Williamson that are insanely high. And as Rachel Nichols said on The Jump the other day, he's done a lot already regardless of what he does on the court for the team this year, and I hope people realize that. He's got a city excited about basketball in a way they never, ever have before. Very cool to see, and that's already a major accomplishment. But when you have those major accomplishments, unfortunately it means you got to kind of top it the next time. And that's going to be having a very good uh, season that hopefully culminates with, you know, rookie of the year and a playoff spot. MVP and a championship would be pretty cool too, I won't lie. But we got to keep somewhat realis- realistic expectations. But even then, I don't know if the playoffs and the rookie of the year award are realistic expectations for Zion, given kind of what we've seen and what we're expecting from him. So it's going to be on the Pelicans, and they're doing a good job of trying to lower the expectations around him to kind of protect him. But it's very clear what they're trying to do, because I think they realize the enormous amount of pressure that he could be under. But keep that in mind when things go bad, that this isn't 
always going to be, you know, bad or good this season. And we'll see how it goes. But the expectations are high and there's somewhat kind of a lot riding on it this season. Because if you do have a bad year, again, possibility, I don't think it's going to be like horrendously bad, but you could go 41 and 41, but you're going to try to do better than that, of course. What that'll do to kind of the hype around this franchise and some of the momentum they've made with the fan base, with the city, because this is a pretty crucial year. There are going to be more crucial years in the future, but we're kind of entering one that we haven't really had before. I'm going to be curious to see how this all goes. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, open practice Saturday. I'm going to kind of be on the call, giving some commentary during everything that's going on for their internet stream. It's going to be a lot of fun, me and Caroline Gonzalez. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.